This is Unclaimed Bands, episode 34. Hey music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight we're sitting down with Soraya. Hello. Want to thank you guys for uh, taking your time to join us. Of course. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. So we're just going to jump right in here. So first question I got to ask, probably heard it a million times, but how did you get the name Soraya? (laughs) Actually, it's my official first name. It's my name is Soraya Mansour, but I, the first tape I ever gave to play a show was at the Grape Street, the old Grape Street before it went to the new Grape Street, before it closed and then went back to the old Grape Street. So this was around 2003, I guess. And I gave them a tape and I just didn't know, I didn't have a band name, so I just put my name on it. Soraya. Mm-hmm. And after that, I thought, well, yeah, I like it. It works. Um, and it kind of epitomizes the energy I want uh, the band. The band's supposed to be this energy. It's supposed to be this guiding force. And that's what the name means. It's an Arabic name. So um, it's like the same as the North Star that we have here. Right. I think I, don't, I can't the be sure of that. But mm-hmm. yeah. OK, that works. That sounds good. So <laughs> <laughs> let's go with that. Yeah, we'll Look just, it up. Just stick with that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it is like a, a, a star that's a guiding star and a lot of energy. So that's, I wanted to sum up what we do. Mm-hmm. Cool. 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 Well, you know, I understand you've been working on a new record. Yes. OK. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, how did your approach to recording this record differ from uh, your previous one? Shed the skin. Well, it. It's changed from the very get-go, how we wrote the songs, um, how long we took to write the songs. And, you know, primarily the writing of the last record was a lot of me and our old guitar player, Joe Francia, and Travis Smith, who's sitting right here, uh, who's still in the band, uh, unlike Joe. But um, I've wrote with a lot of different people this record, and I it wasn't like we stopped at, you know, just writing a few songs. We wrote a lot of songs for this record. I wrote with Travis for this record, which I... It's a famous partner of mine for mm-hmm. myself. Uh, John Bon Jovi, Obi O'Brien, uh, Billy Falcon in Nashville. I mean, mm, I traveled nice. a lot of places to write, which is is was exciting. And it was a different energy completely than when you're sitting at your house and looking at the same things you always look at. You're, you're looking at completely different circumstances. The one writing session I went and... Uh, I wrote with John, and it was like the most beautiful setting I've ever seen. It was just in New York City, but the one wall was just all glass, and it was it was beautiful. It was it was easy to write in that setting. And then, also, you know, production wise, we did a lot of demos before we ever did this record. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas only I guess three or four of those demos actually made the record. But uh, we spent a lot more time on production. We had a lot more ideas about production from the experience of being in the studio as much as we've been. Um, and just the experience you bring in the places you've seen and the experiences you've had personally and with the group, uh, affects the whole thing. Um, but mostly the production, I would say we spent a lot more time on and we're real specific about tones this time around and, you know, layering and, and the texture and the energy we wanted to bring to the record and the type of music, um, very influenced by like Motown and Stax and, you know, some of the modern bands like the Black Keys and, you know, Jack White and the White Stripes and, um, just brought a lot more of those energies to it than we did before. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we just grew, and so the recording process grew. And it was a lot harder to make some of the decisions, um, but it wasn't like everything was so overwhelming the first time. 
you know, you thought well, you make one bad decision and it was it would break the song. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> it was a lot different this time. <laughs> Still stressful, but I, I like that kind of energy because that means everybody's passionate about the project. Um, so there is some arguing, but it's it all ends up being a you know for the benefit of the record. Everybody's unified for that, and I felt that a lot more this time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, you know, you mentioned uh, decisions. Okay, yes. so when you're when you're recording, when you're putting together a uh, you know an album or a record or CD, whatever we're calling them nowadays for everybody out there, yeah. and and you have to obviously you have a body of work that you you know you've written. How do you decide what makes the cut? Uh, and you know what gets on the record and what doesn't i mean what what does it for you well for me it was i felt like it was a lot more about what the different songs said lyrically and musically um but especially lyrically i thought there were some themes that were repetitive mm-hmm. and i left those songs off the record um and i thought that if the song itself wasn't crafted enough or wasn't didn't have a lot of if it didn't speak to me as much as other songs that's really kind of what it comes down to is which ones speak to me, which ones do people say spoke to them. And I was actually surprised by some of the responses. Um, but lyrically, we crafted some so much more than others. And some of the ones that we didn't craft as much are just still, like, I love them so much, and people have loved them so much. I just leave, you know, I thought they belonged on the record because it's not just about, you know, what I want, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about artistically what we're trying to put out there which is both. We have like that conservative view of music where you want to like lean on some of your influences and bring that and, you know, tip your hat to that. And then there's also, you know, you want to bring your own thing to it and keep it simple. So we're, we're kind of that way. I think ourselves, like we're kind of, <laughs> we have those two sides to us. So I think a lot of the songs you'll hear both those sides, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, cause Sometimes you go, oh, well, those rules, you got to make it all sound this way. And then there's the other part that goes, eh, do what you want kind of thing. Uh-huh. So you can hear all that on the record. So you're just trying to find a, a happy balance between the two. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. good. That's and great. be true to who we are, you know, in that's the meantime. Always important. Always yeah. important. Well, you know what I'd like to do right now is uh, let's take a listen to one of your songs. We're going to listen to Runarounds right now. Yeah, By good. Soraya. All right.
right, you just heard Runaround by Soraya. Where can people buy your music at? Um, well, you can get it at iTunes. We have the demo version of Runaround. Uh, pretty soon we'll have the whole record. And if we should have it by pre-order by late April, early May, we should have pre-orders available on our website, which is Soraya.com, S-O-R-A-I-A.com. Um, also on our Facebook, there's a link to all that and on our Twitter and stuff. So you can reach us pretty much anyway, as long as you spell our name semi-correctly, you'll get there. Cool, cool. <laughs> I've found. So. And I'm assuming people can also get your music at your shows too, right? Definitely. Yeah. Good, mm-hmm. good, good. Well, people, you know where to go get it now. So, um... Over the course of uh, you know this band here, okay, you guys have uh, you had your ups and downs and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how have you de- how has this helped you develop as a singer songwriter, as a musician? Some, I think if anything, you know all those ups and downs, especially the downs, um, either unify you and make you more connected, and you have more in common with each other because you're tough enough to survive that. I mean, we've been through a lot of members in this band, and mostly because, uh, you know, either conflict with me, <laughs> which, you know, I have a real strong feeling about what I'm doing, and sometimes it doesn't translate. My passion can get, can get really temperamental. But um, <laughs> people who are passionate in equal level understand it, and yeah. there's a certain type of musician and a certain type of artist that you know, understands that and has it themselves. So those people have stuck with the group and those are the people that are doing it for the music and doing it for, you know, the right reasons. And mm-hmm. um, and that's what I demand anyway. And I think all of us do. And I think just we've become closer and we've argued, right? Yep. We argue plenty about song, about all these things you've already talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll argue and, you know, sometimes Travis even goes against the songs that he wrote. <laughs> it's like, what? You know, and it's funny because it's the same with me. Like, sometimes I look at some of the stuff I wrote and I just go, I don't know, man. And then he tells me why. Like, there was this one song in this record uh, I wrote with Obi and John, and it's called Against the Wall. And I was going to leave it off the record. And I remember Travis said to me that was one of the songs that really spoke to him. And that means a lot to me because he's been through everything with me. He's been in the band since, like, 04, 05. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we all just care about all this stuff so much that, you know, we, we want it to be great. We want the best thing for the whole band and for the whole record. And our opinions aren't always going to, you know, be in harmony with each other. No. But, you know, <laughs> in the studio, sometimes tempers run high. But in the end, you know, the end of the day, we just want what's best for the record and for the band. And we just, you know, want everything to be great. So we always, you know, figure out what's, what's the best thing to do for each individual yeah, I'm going to develop a new saying that if you've been in this band more than two years, then you care about the product and you care about the music and you care about nice. the fans. And and for sure, me, uh, Travis, and yeah, Joe. I'm going to invent a new saying too. My way or the highway? Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I said that before. It really is. Yeah. yeah. But um, but even the, the newest members just bring such an energy and an excitement that we need, you know? And yeah. it's an exciting time for us. We're, it's been an exciting time for us, but the... It's a very different time for us because there's been lulls and then all of a sudden it's like you don't have a second and and it feels it's such a roller coaster right now, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's so uncertain yet it's certain yet it's not, you know, but (laughs) all you know is you put together this thing that at 80 I'm going to look back and go I'm really proud of that and I'm proud of the experience. All the experiences I had writing the record, recording the record, the people I did it with, you know, they're my family. 
you know, so I'm, I'm really, I'm happy. I'm genuinely happy with what we've done. I'm proud of this record, really proud of it. And I don't think I can say that about, uh, I, I liked all our other records, but I'm proud of this. I mm -hmm. worked hard at this. Mm -hmm. I, I, I changed words. I like <laughs> listened over <laughs> and over, you know, I cared about this, you know, and I hope it speaks to people like I think it's going to. So, well, that's, that's great. I mean, obviously, yeah, you want to, you want to take the culmination of what you've learned over the years and uh, just keep making it better. And that's, that's great. I can't wait to hear it. And I, you know what, I'm, I hate to re-answer another question, no, but when no. you said, how do we grow and how I just, you just made me think of it is I have this really strong, there's been times where I've been like, you know, this is what I want to do on it. You know, I want to be a singer in this band. I want to be a great songwriter you know, and it fluctuates, you know, I'm more interested in the singing sometimes, more interested in the musicality of it than I'm more interested in, you know, the live show, I'm more interested in the writing. So it, it, it changes all the time. But um, the one thing I, I do think is that I have a story and a, an energy that can affect um, people. And, and I think because of the things I've been through, and I think I bring that to my vocal and to the lyric. And I think that's the thing that I'm most proud of. And I think artistically, I really wanted to do this time. Mm -hmm. um, and I've kind of left out of before. I kind of wrote from a place of what I think people want to hear. And I think that's all wrong. You should write from what you know and what affects you. And, you know, sometimes you're going through something and you don't see the other side of it. And I think that's why with Against the Wall, this one song we were just talking about, um, that made it. Um, because I think a lot of people feel that way. And my feeling after, he, you know, Travis said, that affected him. As so I was like, if it affects Travis, it's gonna affect a lot of people. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I think that was also something different. I I brought to the table this time around. You know. Great, great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so verbosey, wordy. All <laughs> <God>. <It's> right. <laughs> Self-deprecating. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, because of the way you've been, have such a great media presence. Uh -huh. um, you know, with so many outlets for bands nowadays, Facebook. Reverb Nation or, you know, uh, YouTube, all these different things that are there, you know, self-promoting, touring. How do you make the decisions towards those that you think are going to elevate the band's presence? Okay. What's the decision process like that? Well, I think as long as you really put some time and attention into them, nothing is going to take away from it, you know? So really, you you want to have as much of a presence out there as you possibly can, you know, as... as much as you can put your attention into each one and really give it, you know, uh, put a little bit of work into it. So you're not, you know, having the same update on your Twitter as on your Facebook as on your Tumblr. And, mm -hmm. you know, although we do, <laughs> well, no, you know, we have separate things for, yeah. for the Twitter and the Facebook. I mean, you just don't want to duplicate it too much, but yeah. I think as long as you're not stretching yourself too thin, you know, with, with keeping up with all these sites, then the the more you can do and the more you can divvy it up among your band and, you know, some some of your members of your band are going to be better at that kind of thing and some aren't going to be, it's not going to be their strong point. But whatever the case, you know, the that's the medium of the day today. It's just going that way more and more. So the more you can really put quality content up there and really, really interact with your fans, it's priceless because you can interact with people and you know all around the world is it's totally new you know mm -hmm. so that's really important i think yeah i think too is what travis said about it goes all around the world like we have fans in europe that write us constantly people that have never seen us live 
um, even from while we've been making this record, have joined our site from other places that, you know, just either heard about us through our connection with, uh, you know, there's a connection with the Bon Jovi organization, you know, or heard about us through the connection with our producer, heard about us through another band or yeah, there's this Mm -hmm. band. I mean, it's crazy. You don't even, you have no capacity to understand how far your reach can go. And the important thing I think too, is to put quality content out as many times as you're saying, come out to a show, buy this, buy this. Cause nobody wants to just constantly be bombarded with buy my record, buy my record. Buy yeah. my, well, why put, put yeah. something on there of quality, like put some pictures up, show me in the studio, show me right. when, you know, don't just show me when you're out drinking, like show me when you're at work, what do you do mm-hmm. to be this artist when you're writing? Talk to me, like have blog, with it, you know, you know and, because you know, as musicians, you don't want to be, I mean, I, I know I don't want to be a salesperson no. and it's a drag to do that kind of stuff, but if you can have fun with it and you know, make a creative video or make a creative, you know, way to interact with, with your fans and with people that will like your music or, you know, potentially will or already do, you know, you want to keep the people that already know about you and already like you interested Mm -hmm. while also gaining new people and just getting the ball rolling and try and make people want to share it and want to, you know, show their friends this this video or this, you know, whatever the the thing might be. Without, you know, compromising artistic intent. You know, like, you know, you you don't want to do it just because people have, you know, told me straight up, like, oh, you should make a video that can be viral. Well, if I'm thinking about making a viral video, it just doesn't work for me. Some people that, Pete, they can do that. I can't do that. Like, then I become more of that salesman that Travis is saying. But my feeling, too, is there's certain fans of ours that make amazing videos to our songs that we've Mm -hmm. never had a video for. And some of them have, like, ridiculous amounts of hits, like hundreds of thousands of hits. We had a girl make a video to one of our songs. This girl, Brandy Cross, she lives in the Netherlands. Got, like, 100,000 views within, like, a couple weeks. Yeah, never saw us live until, like, a year or two after she'd heard our stuff, heard yeah. of us on Reverb Nation or our video or something. I can't remember, but she's been a fan for a while. Hey, Brandy. But um, <laughs> she did an amazing video for this one song we did off Shed the Skin, and it got, I, I can't even, it's got so many hits. And then, you know, there's this 13 LPK that we feature his stuff because he does amazing videos. To our, I mean, it's like you feature, you know, involve your fans in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's really important too to make them a part of. Well, yeah, yeah. Creating. I mean, and then what you're you're interacting with them more and beyond because now they get an opportunity to uh, to share that with other fans and yeah. expose it. That's incredible. That's and really you're good. like, I dig this. I'm gonna put this up. I'm gonna feature it on the site, right. or I'm gonna feature mm-hmm. it on this. Or there was this one girl, um, Leslie, who she's like a ten year old girl. She's in Washington D.C. and uh, she did. Uh, a big poster and entered this country fair with it. It was all Soraya. I mean, pictures uh-huh. I don't even have anymore from old sites. <laughs> Though, you know, because we take them down a lot because I just, I start hating them. But anyway, so I see this picture. I'm like, that's really cool. She put her energy into creating that and I wanted to feature it. So I put it up on our site and she was happy and, and she we won. were she happy. Won the, and the country fair. Yeah. Blue ribbon. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Soraya thing. Yeah. How many more people heard of us thanks to Leslie? See? That's right. <laughs> That's cool the way that all goes around. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier, obviously, Travis has been with the band since 2004. Yeah. You've had a lot of different members. Yes. Now, in 2010, the uh, band came pretty close to kind of dissolving. Yeah. Uh, what, it, what, if anything, was like that one thing that just kept you going or, you know, to, to get back to where you are now? To be honest, my feeling—it's true. You get that spit in your gut. And you're like, I'll show them. You do that. That keeps you going. That Revenge. drives you. Because just as many people that say, you know, they come up to you and say, "Oh man, you guys are the greatest," and you know, that was a great show. 
there's just as many people that go, she sucks and the band sucks. I'm tired of seeing them. They'll say it to your face and they'll say it behind your back. And, mm -hmm. you know, there was a time when that really got to me because yeah. I didn't want to suck. You know, you, you don't put yourself out there because you want to suck. You put yourself out there and it takes a lot of courage to get up on a stage on any capacity. Very true. So every artist deserves a hand just for that, um, whether they you think they suck or don't. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, when some... I remember it was when one of our guitarists quit, I was like, I have to depend on whether or not somebody wants to stay in my band or not for my, because we were just about to go away and it was just a real wrench in a lot of money we spent and time we spent planning mm -hmm. these shows. And I thought, you know, I'm going to look like the bad guy. My band's going to suffer and because we can't make these shows now and these clubs won't want us back yeah. because this guy decided to quit now. Yeah. You know? And, you know, it felt like the worst thing in the world and I really considered... After then, I, then I moved on, and there was another guy, and I was like, "Ugh, this!" It's like they're telling me how it is. I don't know if it's because I'm a girl or because they were older than me. I don't know, but I was like, "Really, dude? I've been in this band a lot longer than you. I know how it is." So it's just I was getting tired of. Yeah, little lady, you don't know how things. Oh, you have no well. idea. You have no idea how many times that happened. But um, not with anybody in it now, thank God. But um, yeah, I, I, it was. You know, it was starting to crack. I was starting to crack mm -hmm. under that pressure and feeling like we've been around. There's been a lot of opportunities put to us and then retracted. And I felt like, you know, well, what? Maybe I don't have what it takes, you know? And and I remember I had a long talk with our producer, and that was the only time I really considered quitting, and it was in 2010. And he said, it would be a real shame if the world didn't get to hear your voice. And I thought, for nothing else, then wow. these guys that have followed me around and stuck by me, that I'm focusing on the ones that didn't, that are sitting at home, you know, doing whatever they're doing, which isn't what I'm doing, and I'm letting them rule my life, like, this is the stupidest thing. So I got off my pity pot, and even though I still felt crappy, I still, mm -hmm. you know, I went after it, and he, I remember he said to me, our producer said to me, if you could just give it six more months, and then if you feel like putting, you know, throwing in the towel, throw it in, but never throw it in over a musician. That's yeah. that's basically what he said. Don't throw it in over somebody else is yeah. basically yeah. what he said. And, uh, and and it was a lot of crying and there was a lot of swollen one, eyes. I was the one crying. Yeah, <laughs> Travis was crying. <laughs> Joe was crying. She consoled me. <laughs> we had the people we were staying with crying. But anyway, I have that ability well, to affect people. For me too, you know, like you said, we got feeling like, you know, uh, if these people are just gonna just up and quit, then we can't, you know, play the shows we had booked, and we can't go on the tours and everything. Mm -hmm. And you know, it was kind of we were feeling like we were dependent on all these other people. But what it came down to for me was, you know, I'm still here. This is my life. I'm not gonna, you know, not keep going because of what somebody else has done. You know, I'm still in control. You know, I'm the one that's gonna that's gonna determine the outcome of you know my own life so i'm not gonna let it be in somebody else's hands it's in my yeah. hands you know yeah you, you decide that you have the power yeah. not somebody else you stop giving your power away to other people mm -hmm. and and it sucks because you know outside circumstances sometimes aren't ideal True. but uh one bad review one one person that you value says the wrong thing you're gonna quit like where's your backbone yeah. you need that backbone the thing is yeah. you know if if you keep going even if you only have you know a 5% chance in the whole world that you're going to, you know, do what you want to do. If you quit, 
and you have zero percent chance right. it's definitely yep. not going to happen yep. you know yeah i'm glad we got through that and i think it made us all stronger that stayed with the band me joe and travis became a lot stronger as a result of it yeah we're doing I a lot of push-ups like, yes we definitely <laughs> start working out more now um but yeah you know well, yeah, I mean, and obviously it paid off because uh, you got to open for Bon Jovi on his birthday. Within those six months that my producer, Obi, said, you know, stick with it, you would be amazed at the things that I, <laughs> When I didn't even have a band, well, a full band, I had Travis and Joe, so I had my bass player and my drummer and me, the singer. And I got called to uh, talk to little Steven about the runaround. I got, to, you know, I, uh, the guy from Puddle and Mud became interested in the band. It was crazy. It was like I could never have planned any of the things that I mean it was it was crazy and I was like see how fast life can turn you know and uh, give you a little bit of uh, hey here's a little hope you can have you know that's a good lesson for anybody out there for anything that's thinking about giving up what they want to do or or dream based on you know some idiot who tells them something yeah Yeah. you can't it's hard but you have to you have to you you either put it all in or you take it all out you Mm -hmm. can't half well, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to do this. I mean, so many people I hear that from, and I go, yeah, everybody I understand, tells us but... Plan B, you know? And <laughs> no plan B here. <laughs> what's, what's that? If B, you've got right? plan B, here. then you're, you're counting on plan B. You no. know, you're not, yeah. you're not giving enough credit to plan A. So. Follow your heart. Yep. Wherever yep. your heart wants you to go. Not your head, your heart. No, nope. totally understand that. Yeah. And your feet. So, and your feet. <laughs> I'm not take you places. <laughs> so not right. <laughs> so, uh, I'll tell you what. Why don't we listen to another song? Uh, what do you guys want to... I'm going to let everybody hear. I think this song fits what we've been talking about. Let's listen to Never Again. Okay. This is Never Again. No, excuse me. Never Again by Soraya.
All right, you just heard Never Again by Soraya. Just another chance. Where can people keep in touch with you and, you know, know where you guys are going to be at touring and everything? Well, they should definitely, Soraya.com is the go-to for everything. Tour, a little bit of news, a little bit, you know, it's not updated as much as the Facebook or the Twitter, but um, I'd say it's at least once once every few days it's on. Yeah, and there's a Twitter feed and... Uh, you know, the more you're on one of our sites, you're going to hear about everything. And our friends and street team site, there's plenty of plenty of places to, to buy our music. And to, iTunes has our music. Um, good, good. Our new record pretty soon, but not Sweet. quite yet. But Well, people have no excuse not to find out where you're at or oh, where to get music. Oh, and they can come see us live anytime. Yeah, I highly recommend that. And you know, speaking <laughs> of that, for someone who's never seen Sarai perform live, what can they expect from a show? What would you say? Well, we... we just try and be high energy and, you know, we, we try and put on a show, but not really, you know, a spectacle, I guess I'd say, you know, we just want to, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> we just want to put that energy out, you know, it's like, it's like if I had a bad day, I don't bring it on stage. I, I channel it into what I'm doing. Good. Like I want, I know that the energy I put forth is emulated back either by my band and then when my band's on, forget it. You know, there's an energy and a passion that you can't miss. You can Love it, you can hate it, but you're not gonna miss the energy. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna feel it. We want everybody you're gonna feel something. Feel good leaving that show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you after seeing seeing you guys many times, I always have. So oh, people please go see them. You you won't be sorry. <laughs> thank you. So next question I wanted to ask is what was the first record you ever bought with your own money? This is for both of you. <laughs> I, I think for me, um, I was probably about, I don't know, like pretty young probably nine or ten and i scraped up enough money and i actually bought a fear factory record at the old tower records on on the boulevard (laughs) yeah and uh i think i had a pretty strange taste i think i bought that and i bought something by the smashing pumpkins probably because i liked them a lot when i was about you know 11 12 maybe (laughs) i can't even remember like what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't even remember. See, that's how old I am. No, I can't remember. What was the first record I bought? I remember buying... I know I had... Nope, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the first one I'm going, and there's like a clog of a bunch of them in a row. It's just I can tell It's okay you, if you bought the up. Lawrence Welk compilation. I, no, I, want, can tell, I can tell you what song I used to sit on my hands and knees in front of the stereo and move back and forth in front of like Rock 2. When yeah. I was really little, was um, Paul McCartney Wings? Uh, what's that song? I told you what it was. Um, Band on the Run. Band on the Run. That's the one. Band on the Run. That's the one. That's the one. On my knees, back and forth, right in front, just right in front. Energy, loved it. That and um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of a lot of stuff. I remember there's a, song, a record I went in and bought blind that I fell in love with. PJ Harvey's Uh Huh Her. Yeah. Uh, didn't know who she was. Picked it out. Liked the cover. Listened to it. Fell in love. So. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. I can't remember the first one that I feel badly. <laughs> I wish I had an answer That's all right. For you. you gave us a better answer. <laughs> People go, like, oh, what's she doing? I don't know. She's rocking back <laughs> I, and forth. I rocked even when I was like <laughs> yeah. four years old. Get it. Cool. So, yeah. what's next for Soraya? I mean, obviously the new record, but from there? Dinner. Dinner, yeah, uh, dinner okay, tonight. Dinner. Um, but after that, uh, you know, we just want to keep... I just want to be a great singer and a great entertainer, and I want people to be affected by my performance. So I'm always going to be working on 
my vocalizing on pushing myself a little further and finding people to do that, which Obi does that amazingly. Our producer knows how to push my voice, um, push my songwriting. Mm-hmm. I would like to songwrite more. Push my buttons. <laughs> he does that a lot. Um, you know, I just want to keep growing as an artist. And I want, you know, more people to come into my path that, that, that can help me with that and can help me inspire, you know, and be a better inspirer. And, um, yeah, you just want to keep growing at your craft, you know, and, um, and hopefully the next level comes soon and then the next and then the next. I mean, I heard John actually said something about that. He said, you know, you thought... He thought when he got this, he made it. And then we got this, he made it. Then he got this and he made it. It's like, you're just always making it then. And it's cool. Like, you know, right now we're like, oh, the record deal. And then after the record deal, you're like, well, sold out concert. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. there's so many things to look forward to. Yeah. And I think all of them depend on just getting better at what you do. We're and already doing what we love. You know, we just want to keep doing it on a bigger and bigger scale. Yeah. You know, to more people, cool. more people, more people cool. to hear of us and yep. hear us. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, Sue, Travis, I want to thank you for uh, taking your time to uh, talk with us. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. All right, this has been Sarai with Unclaimed Bands. I'm Sean, and uh, until next time, we'll we'll, we'll be talking to you. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of Unclaimed Bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.